I played football for a little while. I was a tight end, and I refused to wear my glasses, and I never wore contacts, oh. so I couldn't see the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really fast. <laughs> That's funny. Well, one time I, I did football off-season just because I played basketball, and all the football guys were like, oh, football off is so much harder, and so I did it just to prove that I could. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. There's that competitive spirit. That we all know yeah, and love. It was okay. It was pretty tough, I guess. What was tough? Oh, like the running and monkey bars. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> All the conditioning, all of the the running, all the sprints. No, not that. It's the monkey bars, dude. No, dude, monkey bars are tough. <laughs> I know. You know, it's, it's just funny because like it's such a funny like name for a thing. Yeah. Well, we would do the monkey bars, and which you had to jump up really high to to get onto in the first place. Yeah. And then we would come back on those other bars, like the parallel bars. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Like that. That's uh-huh. tough. I used to be really good at that stuff, like really good at climbing and like climbing trees. Oh, and, and then we had like, the, what was really hard was like the, the, what, it's like hopscotch, but with ropes, you have to like, yeah, see like that's what I was thinking when you're like talking about running and like conditioning and like sprints and tackling and, and you know, bars. all that stuff. And then the freaking monkey bars, dude. Ah, <laughs> uh, the monkey bars. It's just so funny, because, like... Because I would get, like, calluses on my hand from the monkey bars. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I'm sorry. <laughs> that sucks. Darn it. Thanks. Freaking monkey bars. So, anyways, welcome to the Web of Tomorrow. We're your hosts. I'm Adam Harris. And I'm Riley Carrasquillo. Today, we're talking about... The imposter syndrome. That's right. So, we are the Web of Tomorrow, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now I'm like all confused because I'm like, I'm so used to saying world of tomorrow every time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust myself anymore, but I should because I've gotten it right almost every time. Either way, it's W-O-T. W-O-T, what? 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 I was trying to go back into the imposter syndrome example again. <gasps> Stop creaking your chair, dude. We're together. We can't do that anymore. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, imposter syndrome. Like, yeah, I so. usually get the web of tomorrow correctly, but lately I, I've been feeling like I don't. Cool. So, uh, had you heard of the imposter syndrome before I brought it up? No. But you probably felt it before, right? Let's explain what it is. Um, so, the imposter syndrome is when you clearly exhibit the abilities that you so often don't give yourself the credit for. Yeah, and I also think maybe it's you feel like you never will be able to. You know, maybe you're just learning and you really can't do it yet, but you but you will be able to eventually if you just keep trying, you know? And it's that feeling of inadequacy. Inadequacy. And pretending you don't want to be a poser. Yeah, I feel that way every single day. I've never had a job so far where like I've done that thing for more than like a year. <laughs> And so I had a job for more than a year. No, yeah, I guess I haven't. (laughs) 
I mean, I, I'd done a lot of those things in a lot of my other jobs, like, throughout. Like, I probably have worked in Salesforce, for example, in almost every job that I've had since... I graduated from college, but I often feel like, crap, I'm, I'm not very yeah, good at this. So for me, I, all my jobs have been development, but I always feel really inadequate when I first am applying for a job. It's really scary. I think with development, like you don't know, you don't know what it's going to be like at that job. You don't know if you can do it. Like for instance, my first job was in a language I'd never used before. And then in my most recent job, full-time JavaScript, and I had never done full-time JavaScript. Yeah, this ties really well into the coding world because it's it changes so much. I could see how someone just getting into coding would feel very um, inadequate almost the whole time. Yeah, there, I mean, there, and there's so many things to learn, you can't learn them all. So yeah. there's always going to be something that you don't know, something that like you feel like you should be learning. And you may be trying to learn too many things, honestly. like You may just need to pick one and learn it well. So we're going to talk about how this relates to education and your professional career. Right. So, Riley, uh, you just recently went to a boot camp. How does the imposter syndrome relate to, to going to coding boot camp? You know, let's actually get a little bit real here. I think the imposter syndrome probably is what was my downfall in the end, honestly. Uh, because I actually don't do a whole lot of programming anymore. I do still work very closely with like development and as a program manager and, and oftentimes acting in the capacity of a product manager. But I don't program explicitly. And I think that's because, yeah, I felt when I first started programming and, and doing like actual programming in JavaScript and doing stuff uh, at Dev Mountain, I felt like awesome because there's like there's so much resources. Then like there's this like time where you hit that you hit where there's like not very many resources anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you're not finding the answers in Stack Overflow like you were. Yeah, it's before. interesting. There's a there's probably a lot of resources for beginners, and there's probably a lot of resources for when you're really advanced. But there's not as many in the in between yeah. area because it's too much. Like. It's a lot. Like, it could be literally anything. Like, I was constantly looking for answers to just random toy problems or, you know, like, yeah. solutions to random things. And I wasn't finding them because that's the whole point in those things is for you to exercise and learn. And so after a while, I started convincing myself, like, I just can't do this. Like, I am not a programmer. Like, I don't have the mind for it. Even though every day I was creating things. And I was creating things that were working on my own. So I freaked out. And honestly, I, I convinced myself that, uh, like, even if I got a job, it'd be scary to get yeah. a job, you know, because <laughs> I'd be expected to produce every day. Yeah, it is scary. Do you think imposter syndrome stops people from even going to a boot camp in the first place? Oh, absolutely. I told myself before. So at the point that I joined a boot camp, as you know, I was in a really desperate time. <laughs> I was just really looking for new opportunities in my life. And ultimately, I'm, I'm, I will always be grateful for what I learned in, in that class. But before that, like before I reached that point of desperation that helped me take the leap to learn, I had always told myself and taught myself that I wasn't that type of person. That I, my friends were the programmers. They're the computer geniuses, not me. Like, I'm not that type of person. See, that, that's, that's part of it, too. Like, looking at other people and saying that they're a genius at something, a computer genius. Like, the truth is, 
all of us just were really interested in computers or we worked really hard at it or something like that. It doesn't mean we're smarter or we're like innately a computer genius. I think that's part of the trap of the imposter syndrome. What do you kind of think? Like, how are you feeling? Because I know that you went... Um... Yeah, I got a bachelor's degree in computer science and there, there wasn't that level of intimidation with it, I think, because I had some computer science classes... You know, everybody was a beginner. You had four years to figure out. Even if you weren't going to do graduate computer science, you could start out in it, and there, you know, you could switch later. Right. So, no, there was really no pressure. But by the time I graduated, I was like, dude, I've been doing this for four years. I don't know if, if I know anything. I don't know if I can get a job. So let's actually talk about career stuff. It's crazy because you can feel like an imposter in your career. Even though you're there, you have the job, you're like yeah. in it already. Yeah, I mean, when you show up to your job on the very first day, like they've hired you, they've like looked at your stuff, asked you questions, like they know you can do the job, you know you can do the job. You're getting paid. You're getting paid, but you, there's still this idea of like, what if I'm not good enough? What if they let me go? Like, what if I look stupid? What if my code has a bug in it? Yeah, I mean, that's scary too. Your your People are going to be looking at your code and maybe judging your code. It's not like a, a, a whiteboard interview where it's just some throwaway code. It's, this is code that's going to be used for this company for who knows how. Yeah, exactly. Like, what if my code doesn't work? I mean, there's it's almost like there's a sense of needing to be fair to yourself. Yeah, I think also realizing that everyone's in the same boat as you. I also think that it's okay if you don't get a job. I think that's one thing you need to tell yourself is that it's all right if you don't actually get the job that you wanted because eventually you will find a company who's willing to take a gamble on you. What you need to do, what you owe to yourself to do is to learn as much as you can in the interim between not having a job and having a job. Yeah, I think um, showing initiative. So when I was interviewing for my current job, the job was using D3 and I'd never even heard of D3. But um, from the time of my first interview and the time I got the job offer, I like built a, a game out of D3. I never actually showed it to him, but I think it's eh, a bad example. I don't think that's a bad example. I think that like what you're trying to say is that you did some research into, obviously on the job requirements, they showed what they wanted you to know and the skills that they wanted you to like be able to exhibit. And so what you did is you went out and actively learned that thing as much as you could in preparation for your interview. And really, that's the perfect opportunity for you to feel like an imposter because you learned just enough, right? Yeah. But really you're not because what it shows is that you are resourceful enough to learn. Yeah. And that's what most people want. They want someone who will go out and learn as much as possible because first off, it's, it's probably the most important skill because programming world changes all the time. What was popular last year is not popular now. And so if you're going to be working for a company for three years, mm -hmm. they're going to want you to be able to learn new things and, and implement them. Yeah. So talking specifically to some imposter syndrome solutions, I believe that you were looking up some that were, you felt like were really great examples of things that, that maybe you should keep in mind. Yeah, so I mentioned one already, which is expose your ignorance. Another one is similar, it's called confront your ignorance. And the basic idea is you can just kind of like keep a list of things that you don't know that you would like to know. So you keep a list of those whenever you have some time, just pick one of those 
and go confront it, look up everything you can about it, and kind of knock that one off your, off your list. Another one is called the deep end, which is just jumping in to all the possible knowledge that you can possibly get your hands on. Podcasts, books, articles, and just learn as much as you can. Like you don't have to do that all the time, but if you're feeling like an imposter, that's maybe something you can do for a certain amount of time for a period in your life. Are those the, so there's like three that you mentioned just there, right? Are those like the top ones that you wanted to talk about? Because I actually have one that I think is hugely important. And I really honestly believe it's one of the best things to make you feel better. And it kind of works in a relational way, finding a mentor. Because the funny thing is you almost certainly find a mentor who is feeling very similar to you. But if they can teach you, then they will feel better because they feel like they, they like know things and vice versa. Uh, like if you're receiving this mentorship, you not only have someone that's kind of on your side rooting for you to, to be successful, but you also feel like you're actually getting some expert knowledge as you're, as you're, you know, working throughout your career. And it never hurts to have friends. Yeah. I think you, as you do these types of things, start to trust yourself more. Um, you'll be, you'll start to feel less and less like an imposter, but it, you'll always feel like an imposter a little bit, I think. So you got this. Don't even worry about it. You're going to do great. If you love it, especially if you love what you produce, Keep pursuing it. That's what I say. That's about it for the imposter syndrome. Uh, we believe in you. We think you can do... Adam, come on, dude. Just I'm cheer. at the end. Stop moving. Just don't don't even move, okay? Just right. stop. Just stop. All right. Okay. okay. I'm going to finish this. <clears throat> no, you finish it. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We, uh, we're now on Google Play. If you want to listen on there, uh, of course, we're on iTunes. Rate, subscribe. We've also got discussions on our website now if you want to go and comment on that episode on the website, weboftomorrowpodcast.com. Booyah. And we're the number one Web of Tomorrow podcast that there is out there. So... Yeah, yeah. I think technically we're the only one. Yeah, that's that's that too. So we appreciate you guys joining us. I know it's been a little while since our last uh, podcast, but that's because we've been doing some heavy planning, revamping, and just get ready for some really exciting new things to come. Next time on the web of tomorrow, we'll be popping bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs>